Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, friends. Welcome to this week's God story. I'm here with Jenny Lien, all the way from Hong Kong. I am so honored to have you, Jenny. Hey, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a treat to uh, be on your podcast with you. Oh my gosh. It is amazing because I like to call you the Instagram encourager and that is where I found you. You guys, she has this project. It's called Yay Project that she has founded. She is an artist and a writer and she just sends out such good, encouraging content, so full of godly wisdom, and it just is so relatable, and it really does do good for our soul. I am so excited for you to share your story living in Hong Kong and how you began the Gay Project. So if you could just tell us a little bit of backstory, and then we can go right into what God put on your heart to talk about. Awesome. Thank you so much for this opportunity and for all of your kind words. The Gay Project started about eight months ago, so last August. And I think a year prior to starting, God was already putting on my heart that one day I would write about faith. But at the time, I was sort of in a mountaintop season and very cushioned. You know, life was good. I definitely prayed a lot to God and felt like I was hearing from Him, but nothing in my life was really going wrong. You know, like I I needed God, but I wasn't necessarily desperate for God. And I think in that stage, I was also being a little too relaxed with with certain sins. I wasn't living 100% for God. And Mm -hmm. then... Then a little bit later, sort of life threw me a big curveball, as I like to say. And I sort of went to a place for the second time in my life where I realized that, you know what, God, I have tried to do life, you know, with you, but a lot of just me leading. And it's been 30 years and I finally had enough. I definitely do not know what I'm doing on my own and I need you. Whatever you want to do, I'll do it. And just, I'm so broken right now. Literally just move me (laughs) wherever you want me to go, I'll go. And I think for, yeah, right. Those, those seasons are tough, but they are so beautiful as well. Well, yeah, you get to that point where it's just, okay, I tried doing things on my own and I keep hitting dead ends. And so I just need to surrender my all to your will, Lord, and just completely be led by him. Um, It's, it's harder at first to do that surrender, but then life gets so much, it's easier. So yeah. (laughs) And yeah, he has the best in mind for us for sure. For sure. And I think when we get to that realization too, it's like, oh, how could we have been so silly before? Like, obviously, like if we believe God is God, life with God and having <laughs> yeah. him lead is obviously better than our human minds. But for whatever reason, as humans, we can still get so maybe so caught up in like what we can actually see with our eyes, you know, things that yeah. we know we can make happen versus trusting and having faith. Right. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. so after three months or so of just 24-7, I think if I wasn't 
it was like I would get out of bed and just be like, God, I need you. Every bathroom break, I'd be like, God, I need you. And just mm-hmm. after work, I'm like, God, I need you. It was like 24-7 <laughs> for three months. But I think it was the best time of my life. And then sort of amidst this desperate, broken, healing stage, God said, I want you to start writing in August. And I was thinking, being kind of a brokenhearted mess is kind of a weird time to start writing. But then he just repeatedly said, August, 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 August. And I said, okay, fine. Then I asked my sister to make a blog. She's a UX designer. She's really good with that stuff. And I'm not. And she said, oh, I'm kind of busy being my friend's maid of honor. Maybe I'll do it next month in September. So I was like, okay, God, I guess, I guess maybe it'll be September. And then the next day she messages me saying, oh, hey, I got a flat tire. So I'm home. So I'll I'll work on your blog. (laughs) I was like, God, you really must for whatever reason want it to be in August. maybe to go and give a bit more background information I think my whole life I've always been ambitious but in a like a self-fulfillment kind of way like I always wanted to do Mm -hmm. things that I found meaningful that I really liked so growing up you know I really loved fashion wanted to be a fashion editor that I wanted to be a book editor I wanted to live abroad I wanted to buy nice things like I had a lot of ambitions but they were really just about things that would make me happy but Mm -hmm. I think down no matter what it was like I wanted to feel like I had meaning and I had purpose and then in that season of surrendering to God, I realized that like I'm valuable because of Christ. Like he made me, he loves me, he has a purpose for me. And then mm-hmm. when I started the Yay Project, I just, I laugh sometimes because it's easily the best thing I've ever done, both in terms of like my joy and also like success. And it's been mm-hmm. the fact. And I'm sort of amazed because to do it, I need to rely on God all of the time. Like what you were saying about like feeling wisdom or joy through my posts. Like I feel like, I mean, yes, it's, you know, the personality God gave me and the gifts and whatever, but it's all to do with God. Like I can't write without having significant quiet time, me drawing without praying and soaking just is not, is not that good. (laughs) So I think, well, you know what? Yeah. You can tell that's, that's what sets you apart. I have to say, you can tell you're spending time with the Lord because those things, it's obvious that sets you apart. Now, were you always a writer? And also how did you end up calling it yay project? Um, so first question, have I always been a writer? I, I remember very clearly the first time I ever bought a journal, I was, I think, six, so grade one or year one living in the UK. I went to some random sort of craft store, got a plain notebook, stuck a like hologram sticker on it, and then wrote Dear Diary, <laughs> like my friendship drama, and my lunch every day. But since I was six, yeah. I've sort of been journaling. And then sort of writing, I think after college, I had a desire to write and I had this mm-hmm. sort of dilemma like do I really want to be vulnerable and write like personal essays or do I want to try writing like more fun lifestyle things um, and I mm-hmm. tried because for me I felt like it was easier I didn't have to go as deep or be vulnerable so I think it's really funny that now like I feel like God wants me to be vulnerable <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every yeah. day, so I do always does. Yeah, like you don't hide anything. Lay it all out because we need to be encouraged, right? Because yeah. life is life. Yeah, yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that's what I've learned 
too through this that we might live in different places, be in different stages, but a lot of times human emotions are the same. Even if the situation is a little bit different, we can relate to that feeling of, you know, whatever brokenness and needing God. For sure. And one of my biggest broken points, I guess, was a fear of rejection. And so I think one of my first memories I was maybe also quite young, maybe grade one, and it was quite a small, like, slight. I think someone in my class didn't like my shoes because everyone was wearing jelly sandals and I wasn't, but it was like a small Mm. slight Mm -hmm. for a six-year-old that really stayed with me, and I wasn't mature enough to realize that when these things happen, we don't have to accept the mean word or whatever it is. Like we can Right. We don't have to receive it. Exactly. But really, it took me almost 30 years to be in a stage where God revealed it to me. It was last January where it was during our church fast. And I was lying on the couch just listening to worship music. And then all of a sudden, I got this image of myself like when that happened and and I could see like the hurt on my face and just God reminding me that he was Mm. there with me you know I may not have realized it but he was there with me and watching out for me and and he always is and I think after that you know I was just bawling but it also started preparing me for sort of another worldly rejection that totally ripped out that fear of rejection it was like literally if my worst fear can happen And then I can realize that actually, if I give it to God, it's not as bad. Nothing on earth that happens to us is as bad as we think it is when we have God. And Mm -hmm. so during my period of, I can't actually remember if it was during my three months of 24-7 prayer time or during that year prior where he was starting to warm me up to writing. But one day when I was Mm -hmm. struggling with a fear of rejection, he reminded me that you are you. Yay. And I was like, oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so then I use yay all the time, by right. the way. I'm always starting out, you know, I, I text with yay. I'll put it in my emails. Yeah. I'll do posts with yay. Yeah. I, I love the word yay. Me too. <laughs> it, it's so simple, but just, you know, it's short and everyone understands it and it's just full of joy. So yeah. I and it's that. spelled Y-A-Y, yeah. people, not the Y-E-A. So yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Love it. Yeah. So love it. Okay. So you're writing, you got the Yay Project because you have been encountering true faith. You, you're turning your life around. You're you're going, okay, Lord, I'm I'm done doing things my way. I'm going to start doing things your way. And then you just started blogging, right? For Yay Project. Yeah. Actually, I love that you asked that question because I think my answer is just God's leading. (laughs) I think now that I, you know, I'm not in that broken state anymore, I'm really conscious of how I want to maintain that sort of 24-7 intimacy as much as I can. Because even Mm -hmm. sort of relying on myself more, I don't know, I just really don't like it. I I find myself getting like selfish more easily Mm -hmm. and harder to hear from God. Whereas, you know, constantly in in conversation with him, it's just so much better, more joyful. I felt like when I was praying to God 24-7, really seeking him, really desperate for him, it was quite natural for me to hear from him. And so I trusted him, you know, 100%. There was no doubt in my mind that even though 
I was nervous about writing about faith because I'd written about lifestyle, was afraid to go deep. I'd never shared my heart really through mm-hmm. words, but God said to do it. So I was willing to do it. And I trusted that mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit would help me write each post because I literally had no idea what I was doing. I think for the first week, I used stock photos and I just shared a bit about you know, whatever God was showing me through my quiet time, whether it was a verse or a download or a song. And that I was always very conscious that it didn't have to be perfect. I think sometimes with Instagram, because it's so visual, we can get caught up with having a set style from the beginning and be afraid to change and to change it if it's working well, like why would we change it? Whereas I think with the Yay Project, it's just a way also for me to worship God. Like I I'm glad that he has called me to this and he's using it to encourage people. But for me, it's always about honoring God and worshiping him first. So as I draw, I want it to be worship. As I write, I want it to be worship. And so it's Yeah, because you you do all the drawings for your posts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it's so lovely. I just love it. And I love how you're saying that it brings you to a point where you're just solely relying on him. Mm-hmm. And I can relate so much with my own stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like podcasting, not knowing what to do at all. Just knew God put this in my heart, had no idea how to start, had no idea to have no past speaking education or, you know, workshops. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, God, you want me to do this? All right. Yeah. And I love how that is such a pattern of God. I mean, we we go all the way in the, the Bible and all the all the stories of just God using the ordinary people mm-hmm. to be used for his purposes. And I love hearing you say that with your yay project and how so many of us can relate to that and not not letting perfection. And so many people, if they're, you know, kind of been more that way where they feel like things have to be done perfect. I love how God just breaks that down. And it's just like, just just do it. And I think that was the best advice I got was from somebody. She, she was just like, you just do it. Just yeah. do it. And don't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to a Joyce Meyer podcast the other day and she was saying something very similar. Like when like you're trying to figure out what God has called you to, like take steps of faith and he'll He'll help mm-hmm. figure it out. Like that's definitely not the thing. This this is the thing. You know, she was saying, yeah, definitely yeah. not called to the nursery, but I am called to teaching. I was like, oh, oh, yes, true. Yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah. what you said just now was so. I think it's encouraging for every single person, whatever the age or stage. Like it's not about getting an education from a certain school or having a certain amount of experience, but if we are willing to be used by God like he equips the called he will get us where he wants us to go and I think every single time like his plans for us are better than anything we could dream up you know so surrendering is the best so you're really being used there in Hong Kong with your influence to spread the name of Jesus how is it there How long have you lived in Hong Kong? So I I was born in the UK in Manchester, and then I moved to Canada when I was eight and then lived there until after university. 
And then after university, I lived in Singapore for four years, and then my company transferred me to Hong Kong. So it'll be five years in September. Okay. So do you find it hard witnessing to people? And, you know, and, and I know you had a food blog that you started, and and that was kind of a way you were saying that was a resource to spread the good news. Mm-hmm. When I first moved to Hong Kong five-ish years ago, for me, it was really a dream come true because it's it was the sort of busiest, most glamorous city I'd ever been to. Like even mm-hmm. in places like New York and London, like I still felt Hong Kong was even more fast paced. But in a way, mm-hmm. it's kind of like all of the cosmopolitan cities in the Bible. Like there's a lot of good things, but there's also a lot of sinful activities, for lack of a better word. Like as you as you encounter well, yeah. right. So I think when I moved, I was thankfully, I think, mature enough to know what I didn't want. So I recently found a journal entry from I think maybe a month or two after I'd moved and I was sort of musing about how Hong Kong definitely is kind of like an adult playground but I know that I don't want to be out at the bars I don't want to date all these like random people you know I, I knew what I didn't want but I didn't know sort of what my place was in Hong Kong because Hong Kong it's also quite conservative I think so sometimes when you're new to a city if you want to meet new people it feels like you kind of do have to be out at the bars because otherwise people have you know the people they grew up with they have their families it's not as easy to meet people I think versus like when I was in Singapore I thought it was really easy so when it comes to the church in Hong Kong there's a lot of religious freedom there's a lot of churches so that was never an issue but in terms of witnessing I really don't think that you know, before the Yay Project, I loved God. I knew God loved me, but I wasn't very effective. I was kind of a baby Christian in that my prayers were all about benefiting my life and my family's. I didn't really think too mm-hmm. much about evangelism. One reason is because in Hong Kong, a lot of people speak Cantonese. And so in terms of mm-hmm. witnessing it, I don't have the language. So it's much more difficult. Like sometimes even mm-hmm. if I, you know, donate and want to speak a word of blessing over someone if I speak it in English they may not understand and then I don't have Cantonese and so it's just kind of (laughs) kind of a disconnect there but I feel like maybe God sort of led me to food blogging as a way to just be in that space because now Mm -hmm. I've been I think during a different period of my life where I really needed to stay busy God sort of just dropped this opportunity to write for one of Hong Kong's um, food websites. And so they invite me to attend media tastings. And then I meet, you know, people from different magazines and publications. And Mm -hmm. it's been maybe three, four years of doing that. And I've never really brought up God very much. But since starting the Gay Project, I mean, literally, it's my life. God is my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. Every time I post, it's like after my quiet time, which which is every day. So now during tastings, I'm pretty open. It's like, oh, what have you been up to? It's like so. And then even yeah. people are not Christian, you know. At least you know we're friends. They politely listen, and I still think mm-hmm. you know any prayer on that area is very welcome. Yeah, still still open to what God will do. And so now that the coronavirus broke out, mm-hmm. and so is it just a ghost town on the streets, obviously, or the restaurants are down, so that kind of took away that 
part of food blogging or where are you at right now and what do you see as the with the community? Yeah, actually, I think that's a really, that's a really awesome question because I think talking about our shared experiences with coronavirus is just really, I don't know, really nice, helps us feel not so alone because it's different all over the world. And so I think it might sound like Hong Kong would be really locked down because so much of the world is, but we are not actually, the streets are not empty. <laughs> Uh, I think okay. the government's encouragement is for definitely for people to stay home as much as they can. But offices are open, malls are open, restaurants are all open as long as they're operating at half capacity and tables of no more than four, I think. But Wow. So the, you guys never shut down? No, not completely. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're like completely shut down. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much everywhere because I have family in California Mm -hmm. and restaurants are closed. And I think here in Austin, they're just about in a couple weeks or next week going to allow takeout for restaurants. But we do have drive through. You can do, you know, fast food places Mm -hmm. are open, but no going inside. But basically, yeah, everything, people are working from home and yeah, shelter in place for sure here. Mm -hmm. It's tough all over the world, but that sounds tougher. Yeah. I think. Um, Yeah. I'm like, so your life didn't change a whole lot. Like I know you were a little bit, okay, this outbreak happened. I need to be more careful. Did you need to like mask up when you went outside or anything or you just live life? normally but just as extra careful oh no we definitely I think as soon as the first cases started happening everyone was masked up like it was very difficult to find masks or hand sanitizer or soap toilet paper I think maybe that started in Hong Kong that was in January yes 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 okay Uh, for three weeks it was very difficult to get any sort of supplies and I think just starting to think about I mean, you know, the Bible says that these things will happen and then trying to figure out where our hope is, because especially when it was toilet paper, I mean, toilet paper is definitely a really nice thing to have, but it's not like it's food. Like, what if the world was running out of food? Like, what would we do then? I know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I know. It's interesting to see the things that just clear off the shelves. I'm like, oh my gosh, can't find toilet paper. Or, you know, now it's getting better. It's getting better now. But yeah, when it first happened, it was, it was very uh, limited. Yeah. At least. And kind of just shocking, right? Like we wouldn't ever mm-hmm. the news headlines like so and so. I think in in Hong Kong there was an incident where a delivery truck was robbed at knife point or something because of toilet paper. Like that kind of news headline you wouldn't really expect to see ever. Yeah, <laughs> just wow. a couple of weeks, and then the the shelves were back. You know, there's an abundance of toilet paper and soap and hand sanitizer and wipes now. Do you feel like there was a a revival there of people finding Jesus as their Lord and Savior? I mean, did you feel like there was a little bit of an awakening there or not really? It just kind of seemed like people were freaking out first and then going about their normal day. So within, I think within the church, I noticed there was a lot of people really feeling like called by God to do certain things. So Mm -hmm. some people, I think, 
A few months before the coronavirus, Hong Kong was really hit by a lot of protests. There was some violence. And so during that time, a lot of people had been starting social media accounts or becoming more and more bold about approaching the protests in a godly manner. And then when mm-hmm. coronavirus hit, sort of continuing on with that train of thought. And even with the Yay Project, I mean, it's about God, but also about day-to-day life, right? Like how our relationship changes as as our lives change. I think really interestingly, I feel like God is speaking to so many people about the same thing all over the world, right? So he felt really called by God to start a movement to encourage people to fast for the city. I think before um, the protests happened, I didn't you know, there was there's so many things to pray for in just my city wasn't necessarily always top of mind. But just even having mm-hmm. good reminders, even as a social media post, like, oh, right, we can pray for our city in this way. And here's an example, I think is really, really nice. On social media, yeah. for people that don't have hope in Jesus, that there's a lot of fear. So I think yeah. noticing that fear all over and mm-hmm. um, yeah, still a thing over here too. Yeah, I think that was something that I really have noticed. People are starting to think, well, what am I going to do in this time? Like when this is going to pass. So when we reflect and and think back, you know, what did we do through this this quarantine time, through the shelter in place? Mm-hmm. Because we have to be like six feet apart. I mean, other than, you know, being with your family, of course. But when you're out in public, mm-hmm. it's they're pretty strict about being separate. And then we've got these masks on and it just seems so awkward and weird. And I think this is us not being inside a church in the walls of the church and us being the church, we're kind of being forced out in a good way Mm -hmm. to go out there and spread hope and to reach those that are in fear. And even those that are believers that still react to fear when, when times come, just, Mm -hmm. just speaking those life messages into people and just reminding them that he's still on his throne, you know, he's still in control and you know, the victory is his and and he'll get us through this and definitely been reading a lot of Psalms through this time Mm -hmm. and really just telling myself, gosh, I want to look back and and go, oh, this time was when I had this time with the Lord and I had this encounter with the Lord and, and I talked to this person and spoke life into them. And, you know, I want it to be meaningful. And I think a lot of people want it to be meaningful. And when I do my online Bible study and we're all on Zoom, the one thing I I ask them, what is it that you're grateful of during this time? And mm-hmm. everyone was like, just time with my kids, time with my family, slowing down life, right? Because yeah. we were just hustling and bustling and doing too much. And I think for sure this just forced us to slow down and really reflect what's most important and really facing God in a more intimate way and just asking them each day, Lord, how can you work through me today? What can I do for you today? Work through me. So it's just really a good time right now. If you, you're thinking like, okay, putting on the spiritual lens, it's, it's a good time for us just to kind of pause and slow down. Yeah, I think that's such a good perspective to have. And I think it's it's right. Like no matter what is happening in our life, God is with us and God will lead us. 
And I think whether we're totally locked down, partial lockdown, things are changing all the time, but like God is the one thing that is the same every day. We can always go to him. And I think Mm -hmm. amidst the situation here, there's definitely been days that are harder than others. Like some days I feel like I just need God's comfort. Like I just need to read a book and be reminded of his truth. And then other days I'm like, okay, God, like use me. I'm, I'm ready. But I think you're right. Like the big picture of things, like it is such a blessing. Like in, you know, a couple months ago, we're so busy. We have so many things that we can do. So we do them. And sometimes that can, you know, push aside the amount of time we have with God. And now that we have sort of unlimited time, do we spend it on like Netflix or do we try and, you know, seek God more and see what he wants to do uh, in our walk yeah. with him or, you know, more practical action during this time. But no matter what, it's yeah. definitely going to be a period that we that we won't forget. And so you're right, like trying to spend the time wisely is really, really good. Yeah, because we're writing our story as we speak. So yeah. yeah, want it to be meaningful with what we do, even though our circumstances have changed. Mm-hmm. So do you work outside of the Yay Project? Yeah. So I actually work in sort of educational children's book publishing. <laughs> so, oh, neat. Yeah. So growing up, I always, if I wasn't a writer besides my journaler, I was always a reader. Um, I think yeah. in different cultures. Like my parents are from Taiwan and then I grew up in the UK and Canada and trying to understand all of these different cultures, reading really, really helped a lot. And so I'm a big believer in the power of words. I mean, the Bible also says like we can see light through through our words. There's so many ways to share the gospel nowadays. Or we can do podcasts, we can do YouTube, we can do Oh yeah. Blog. There's so many different ways, but so much. Yeah. And, and that's all awesome. I love it. Yeah, exactly. There's just there's something for everyone, you know. But I just I still love words. Long mm-hmm. explanatory <laughs> testimonies of yeah, how God is. Yeah, I love it. Well, you write really well and it, you know, shows all of your Instagram posts and definitely an encourager for us. And I just love it. Well, do you have a takeaway, something that the listeners can just kind of, you know, think about and marinate on? Yeah, I do. Because I think it's the one thing that changed my whole life. And and something that God, I feel God has been speaking to me about more is writing like a book with him. And the whole concept, I guess, is just about living for God 100%. So I definitely spent most of my life living for God, you know, 55%, 75% mostly, but I wasn't willing to surrender my dreams 100%. And I think maybe now is an especially good time to think about how we're living. Like if, if we believe in God and we believe that God is the, you know, all powerful, all loving, amazing God that he is in the Bible, if we totally believe that, then we should live our lives for him 100%. Because he's also so, 
so good to us. You know, he gave us desires. And so it's not like we surrender to God and then all of a sudden we feel less happy. It's like we surrender to God. He knows what we want because he made us exactly as we are. And he Mm -hmm. helps us fulfill those dreams that we have deep down. So my one takeaway is I would love to encourage all of your listeners to live for and surrender to God 100% because I believe, you know, they'll never have more joy than than that yeah that abundant life right that joy and that peace that surpasses all understanding yes i love it well thank you jenny for coming on here and sharing with us your god story and how the yay project came about and and so go ahead and tell our friends where we can find you and and all that Oh, sure. Thanks. Um, so I think I'm most active on Instagram at the.yay.project. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and Pinterest. And then there's also a blog, theyayproject.com. Awesome. And you guys have got to check it out. It's so inspiring. And the art, you guys, is just, it'll just brighten your day. It makes your heart smile. So I, I love it when I scroll through and her words are just amazing. It really does fill you up with joy and things that you can relate to if you're feeling down or, you know, there's always something on there just to uplift your soul. And really, you can tell that you do spend time with the Lord and then it goes right into your social media, which is just so great. I love that we have the social media so that we can we can see that and get filled up as well. So thanks, Jenny, for coming on here and stay tuned for next She Speaks Life next week. Thank you so much, Jamie. Such a treat to talk with you halfway across the world and be able to connect on our stories. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jamie Elizabeth She Speaks Life. That's J-A-Y-M-E Elizabeth She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.